0: But it is Contribute Sunday, and it's one of my favorite Sundays of the entire year. And our goal for today is that you will allow God to use you to be part of someone's miracle. We talked last week about miracles coming in all different shapes and sizes and the way that they work, and sometimes we get the opportunity to pour into somebody's life to be an answer to their prayer, to be God's hands and feet to those people. And so that's our prayer today, is that you can be part of someone's miracle. Now, as a church, we believe that there are three things that will help you build your relationship with Jesus. And these are our three C statements. And we've used these for several years, but they're vital to us as Christ followers. And the first is to celebrate or to worship. And your spiritual life will not develop if you're not carving time out of your schedule to be able to focus on Jesus, to focus on what He's done for you, to focus on how you can connect to Him, to, to focus on what He's doing around us. That's a huge part of what we're doing right here on a Sunday morning as we're celebrating or worshiping, but it happens way more places than just here. On a Sunday morning, you can celebrate Jesus in your car, which some of you are thankful. That's where I celebrate Jesus because I sing at the top of my lungs and my hands go in the air, and it's Jesus take the wheel because that's how it works for me. And, and so, some of us we can celebrate there. You can celebrate at your workplace, and it doesn't have to be singing or a uh, what we consider a worship experience. It could be how you live your life in your work environment. You can celebrate around your friends as you live your life and make your decisions, and your friends see how you make those decisions. You you can do that. That's all part of celebrating, and it doesn't matter what it looks like. It just matters that you focus on Jesus, because we all need that. The second thing that we need to do is to connect, because we're not meant to do life alone. And I know some of you are introverts and maybe even extreme introverts. You're like, I I don't like people. I've got my one person that's all I need. Don't want anybody else. Listen, I get that, but you're not meant to do life alone. You need people around you. Scripture says a cord of three strands is not easily broken. That means three people's relationships tied together, two or more relationships, make that a stronger rope than just one cord of a rope. You need those people in times where you're desperate and hurting and and need somebody around you. You need people. And that's why we want you to be able to connect and offer opportunities to connect, to build relationships with other Christ followers because when times get hard, that's when you need people around you. You just do. And the third thing we need to do is we need to contribute I mean, we learn so much about Jesus and we learn so much about ourselves when we kind of let go and we just give, when we let go and we serve, when we let go and we just love the people around us. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what their skin tone is. It doesn't matter what their political viewpoints are. It, it, it doesn't matter what faith background they are. It's just about loving People. It's about contributing into their lives. And it blows me away to think that the God, the creator of everything, the entire universe, knows me by name. It's a little scary, it's a little daunting, but it's pretty cool. And He knows you by name as well. He created us, He formed us. He understands us. He's given each of us certain gifts and talents and abilities for the ultimate purpose of impacting people around us in this world for Jesus. That's why you were given gifts and talents, by the way. Let's take a quick look at Matthew 25. Now, just so you know, Contribute Sunday, this teaching is short today. All right? So, Typically, I'm like, I don't know, 35 minutes, 40 minutes, sometimes 12 minutes today. All right, I'm just telling you, 12 minutes. Set your clocks, your timers, we're going. So when I hear a bunch of dings, I'm stopping. All right, here we go. Matthew 25, it's the story of the talents. Great scripture. Because it's so personal for all of us, because every person in this room and every person online is represented in this story. God's the master, and you're either a five-talent person, a two-talent person, or a one-talent person, but we all have talents. We all have things that God has created us for, and we can all make a huge impact by simply getting up out of our seats and being willing to look at where the needs are around us. Matthew 25, 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip, and he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, and then he left on his trip. Which of those people are you? Are you a five-talent person, a two-talent person, or a one-talent person? You're not a no-talent person. Let me just lay that groundwork, all right? We're either a five-talent, two-talent, or one-talent. Which one are you? Take a good, hard think. Five, two, or one? Let's keep going. Matthew 25, 16. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. So again, I read that scripture and I have to ask myself, which am I, right? I think, oh, I'm probably not the five-talent guy. Um, I'm not the one-talent guy either, so I'm just gonna go with the the, the two-talent guy. That That's who I am. The, the problem with that thinking is, Some of you are really five-talent people. You are. But you act and you live like you're two-talent people. And why do you do that? Because it's easier. So much easier to be a two-talent person than a five-talent person. Why? Because so much more is expected and required of you to be a five-talent person. You don't have to put the time in. When you go, oh, I'm just a two-talent person. I'm just a a one-talent person. You don't have to put any time in. It's a lot easier because you kick back and you relax. And God's saying, I gave you five talents. Why aren't you using them? Why are you living like you don't have any? When I know you because I created you. And if you're living way below your talents... What do you think God's going to say to you? I mean, you have a face-to-face meeting with God. What's he going to speak into your life when you're using one of your five talents? Verse 19, after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest. I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount. So now I'm going to give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. You figured out a lot of things about your life. Let's celebrate that because you've grown so much. And then the servant had received the two bags of silver, came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest. I've earned two more. And the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. Now I'm going to give you more. Don't miss the fact. It doesn't matter how many talents you have. It matters what you do with them. The master God is thrilled and full of praise if you simply use your talents It's pretty simple, and it's pretty direct. If you use and invest and find creative ways to implement what God has given you, then the talents start to grow. And you start to be able to do more and more and more, and your life becomes more and more and more productive and on track. And and you're doing something, and God says, well done. You're figuring it out. And then your life starts to make more sense because you're doing what you were created to do, Not just sit back watching Netflix all day. Let's keep going. Verse 24. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here it is. All your money, it's back to you. And the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew that I harvest crops I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. And then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the ten bags. Those who use well, what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's pretty harsh, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right? You either use it and God is pleased with you or you don't use it and you're out. I'm going, man, that, that doesn't sound like a kind, loving God. It sounds like a God that has created you for a purpose and he gets frustrated when you don't live your life for that. He gets frustrated. You say, Oh, I, I don't have any talents. I can't help anyone. And God's going, I know you. I created you. I know what you can do. Now get off the couch and do something. What are the excuses? This one gallant, gallant, talent guy, he focused on every reason why he could not make a difference. You know anybody else like that? I mean, you focus on all the reasons why you can't. Well, you know what, Master, if you weren't such a hard guy, I mean, your standards are, are pretty tough to live up to, and since they're so tough to live up to, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm much better if, if I don't have to talk or, or, or deal with anyone. I'm, I'm a really, I'm, I'm an introvert. Listen, you can be an extreme introvert and still make an impact. You don't have to talk to anyone. You just have to do something. You just have to get in the game. You have to to, to invest your life in situations and scenarios around you. You can serve someone. You can feed someone. You can help someone. And they may never know your name. You don't have to always connect to them, but you do have to contribute into their lives. And you know what? This guy's going, I just didn't want to lose it all. There are excuses all around us. And we make some of the worst ones, right, ourselves. And you know the excuses that you make. But we got to change our mindsets and look at things from a different perspective. Luke 14, this is, again, more excuses from people in the Bible. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied with this story, A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet's ready. They all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. In other words, God just blessed him with more, and he's going, yeah, I can't come to the party, sorry. And here's another one. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to go try them out. Can't make it. Again, God blessed this person, and they're kind of turning their back a gun. Another one said this, I now have a wife, so I can't come. And all the husbands are going, yeah, I'm in that boat right now. I've got a wife too. Maybe that's my problem. No, it's not your problem. Wives, your husbands might be your problem. Husbands, your wives, listen, they're trying to hold you accountable. So just listen to them, all right? It's it's an excuse. What are our excuses for not celebrating connecting and contributing. What are our excuses? I've heard this one multiple times. You know what, Scott, when things settle down, then I'll be able to be more faithful to God. Have you figured out the rule of this life? Things never settle down. Never. You think, as soon as I accomplish this project, then life's good. No, it's not. There'll be another project. As soon as I do this, things go, no, it's not. There'll be something else down the road. When sports season is over, then, then I can contribute. Then I can do, you know, there's another sports season after this one, right? After football, there's basketball. And then after basketball, there, there's, there, there, there's football again. And there's soccer. And there's hockey. And there's dance. And there are pageants. And, and you're going, it's crazy. Things never settle down. Maybe for you, somebody asks you to teach a class, and you're going, you know what? You start with your excuses. Maybe you're asked to serve in the nursery, and the excuses start to roll out of your mouth. Maybe God put it on your heart to share your faith with a friend or a neighbor, and then internally, you just start making all kinds of excuses why you can't. Maybe you're made aware of somebody with a need that you could provide for, and the excuses Start. In fact, if you're asked to do just about anything for God, the excuses start to come out immediately. I'm too busy. I'm already doing something. Get someone else. I've heard those excuses over and over and over again. Here's how I know that we're just making excuses when a friend calls and wants you to do something that you really love to do, guess what happens? your calendar suddenly frees up. You're suddenly able to make it, no matter what else is on your calendar. Why? Because it's something that you choose and want to do. My oldest son, Caleb, called me this week and said, what are you doing for the Steeler-Bengal game, which is the first game of the NFL season, by the way, a couple weeks away. I I said, I don't know. He, He said, Kayla, that's his wife, he said, Kayla's dad offered to give you one of his season tickets. He asked for, you can come with us if you want to. I was like, that would be great. I won't miss that. I mean, I'm going to clear my schedule for that. He said, there's only one catch. You have to wear Bengals gear. That's it. I'm still negotiating. That's all I'm saying. It's a Sunday, so I'm going to do the important things first. I'm going to be here for worship. I'm going to make that happen, and then I'm going to go to the game. Not my Bengals gear, but my Steelers probably underneath or whatever. I'm going to clear my schedule. But God calls and says, hey, I want you to show up to help this person. Go serve someone in need. Show up to worship. Well, you know, God, I've got stuff going on. I have projects around the house. I've got those things with my kids on Sunday morning. I get that. But don't let the urgent take the place of the important. Make sure your priorities are in order. We seem to be able to clear our schedules for everything and everyone except God. Why is that? Let's do a brainstorming session. No more excuses. How can you contribute Sunday, contribute to the kingdom of God today? What can you do? Let me tell you this already. We have people that went to Jackson, Kentucky on Friday. We, I had an individual guy call me uh, Friday night and say, hey, my schedule tomorrow, I'm clearing. I want to go help the people in the flooded areas of, uh, of eastern Kentucky. What can I do? I said, here's what you do. This is where you go. He went by himself yesterday, connected with some of our other people that are already down there. We had a group leave after our 9 o'clock service. They're traveling right now to Jackson to serve lunch to people in need and workers that are down there. I've got about 10 people going with me. We're all traveling separately, but we're all going down to serve dinner uh, to people down there uh, tonight. I bought 25 frozen pulled pork trays at GFS yesterday. And I stacked them in my car with 300 buns and 300 bags of potato chips and plates and napkins. And I got to my first stop to drop off some of those to be heated up. And a few of the trays of pulled pork landed on the buns. And so now the buns are smashed. But other than that, it's great. What can you do today to contribute into the lives of people around you? What can you do today? Somebody tell me, what can you do today? Anybody? Clean up a park. park. Absolutely. Hey, if you've got little kids, there's nothing better. Grab a trash bag, go out to a park somewhere, go to Rensselaer Park, North Elementary Park, anywhere, and go, this is a public gathering place. I'm just going to pick up the trash. And teach your kids to pick up the trash. Why? Because you're contributing because God wants us to do this. What else could you do today? Go to the homeless. We have a group with Barb Barker, Phil Winkler, several others that feed homeless people every week. If you want to do that, Barb will be here after the service. As a matter of fact, Barb, raise your hand over there. She's sitting over on this side, over by the doors. She'll take you. Your life will be changed all because you spent a couple of hours helping and serving somebody in need. Great idea. Somebody else, what could you do today? What's that? Help Jeff with the flooring. Yeah, we have we have a family here. Jeff and his wife is permanently disabled, uh, permanently in a wheelchair, and the housing arrangement is not good. And the county is going to remove her from that housing arrangement unless they can get the flooring taken care of. See Phil, see, ask me. We'll get you connected with them. Some of you have the tools, the skills, and the know-how to fix those floors. Go do it. Take your afternoon. Yeah, it's a nice afternoon. You don't want to sweat in the park. Go sweat serving someone. Be much better. What else could you do? Take care of somebody that's in need. We have a group in Middletown this afternoon, I believe. Uh, The wind came through, knocked some trees down, damaged some fence. She's having a hard time getting in and out. They're going to go cut trees, clear the property so that she has a clear and free access to her house. Why? Because in the name of Jesus, they're being his hands and feet. That's what you do. That, that, that's how you do it. You know what? You could even go and buy someone lunch. But don't just buy them lunch that look maybe a little down and out. Don't just give them money. Because money's great, and if money is, is given, it can be used in a powerful way. That's not a bad thing at all. That's incredible. But don't miss this. If you buy somebody's lunch, sit and eat lunch with them. Don't just buy something. Connect. Contribute in to their lives. Make an investment in the kingdom of God. Do you want God to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant, or do you want God to say, I gave you five talents and you sat on them? Why? Why would you do that? Go make an impact. Go be part of someone's miracle today. It's not hard. It's just you using the talents that God has given you. Just go use them. Pray with me. Father God, today I'm praying specifically uh, for everyone in this room and everybody online, God, that you would challenge them and spark them to go and impact somebody's life. God, it it doesn't matter what it is. Small things, big things, medium things, they can all make a difference. Just, God, allow us to be your hands and feet today and allow us to get out of our comfort zones and out into the game. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.